It's Thursday, September 28th. This is the Northside Story Podcast. My name is Blake Miller, actually. And I'm joined by my friend Jake Baki. Jake, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, finally got a win under my belt last week. It was nice to get in the win column, get a dub. Tough matchup this week with an undefeated team, which we'll get into later. We have a bunch of great matchups this week. Um, but one thing that we did not win um, is something that we can talk about right now. Wait, I have a, I have something that can help us. Let me, oh, man, this, this, this sound, this sound is one of bittersweet moments. This sound is one of cheering. This sound is one of sorrow. We decided to pick the Dallas Cowboys last week in our survival pool, like millions of Americans did. Hardworking Americans. And turning on that game at 115 and watching the Arizona Cardinals led by Josh Dobbs, James Conner, run down the field easily and score on that Dallas Cowboy defense. We, as in me and Phil, received a text from Blake saying, it's over. Now I told Blake, hey, go touch some grass. Go up there, take a walk game hasn't even started yet but Blake saw something that none of us did he saw Dak Prescott throw for close to 250 to 300 yards but failed to score a touchdown he saw Tony Pollard rush inefficiently the entire game and he saw the Arizona Cardinals beat the Dallas Cowboys as 12 and a half point underdogs So cheers to the 2023 survival pool. We'll miss you. We always had that one week, those two weeks, with the Ravens. I don't even know who the hell we picked the second week. We picked the Bills. The Bills. Thank you. And we'll see you next year, because we will be back. I hate survival pool. (laughs) It's, It's the... It is the most frustrating thing because I know I've told you this story off the, off uh, this podcast, but I was in a survival pool, I think through FanDuel, and I literally got to week 15, 16, and I felt like this was some of the easiest things I've ever done. I haven't sniffed week seven in four straight years. So it's tough. Because you never know. And it sucks, too, because we had talked about other teams. And we had already, the first two weeks, we were like, you know what? We're picking this team because we're not going to even think about later on in the season. And then, of course, the one week that we try to, you know, pick a heavy a favorite still, but plan it out as the weeks go on. The stupidest waste thing of ever time done. now because it would have been great to just pick the Chiefs at home and who cares the rest of the season. Well, Luckily for us, though, we have fantasy football as a whole. We have the Northside Story League. We have excellent matchups this weekend. Jake, you and I are going to be out in Vegas this weekend. We are. Um, and we'll, we're, definitely we'll post some stuff while we're there. We're going to be looking over the matchups right now. We're going to go into your Baki's bets. 5-5, uh, five five, or uh, not 5-5, five five, 50% this weekend. It's pretty cool. You'll 100%. go over those matchups. Um, I had a heartbreaker in mind. I don't even want to talk about it, but I'm going to have to because that's what we do here. But let's get in the matchups, Jake. Let's go.
Okay, Jake, we got some matchups to talk about. First one I want to talk about, Law Dogs. 0-3 going up against QB Sneaks. Law Dogs had, jeez, how many guys did he have going tonight? Three-headed monster. Three-headed monster, Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs. Um, Sam Laporta looked real nice. I know he didn't cash in for a touchdown, but there was that one one play before the half. He, he He definitely looks like a sneaky... Definitely a sneaky tight end that Phil obviously valued in the draft, picking him up late. But, geez, what a dilemma he's got at the tight end spot, having Sam Laporta and Mark Andrews. Um, Amon Ra cashed in with a touchdown. Uh, heavily involved. He, he, you can almost cash in either highly productive uh, game, whether it's through the yards or a touchdown. He fell in for the touchdown this one. And then Jameer Gibbs continues to be a puzzle. Um, just how how he's going to be utilized in this office, uh, in this offense. Obviously, with Montgomery getting three touchdowns, okay, he's literally Jamal Williams. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I will say this right now. That's already going to be the winner for prediction of the year um, at, at the end of our year for awards season. Prediction of the year, fantasy-wise, goes to Blake for the for his comment of saying that David Montgomery is nowhere near as close as Jamal Williams. Well, I was wrong. People make mistakes. I made a mistake. What are you going to do about it? Um, Talk about the. Go ahead. Yeah, no, just about these three players. Now, people people forget Phil dropped Sam Laporta, and he was yep. actually on uh, Phillips Phillips's team for a bit. Phil got lucky that Phillips, I guess, didn't see a spot for him in his lineup. Um, dropped him. Phil picked him back up. Yeah, Sam Laporta going into tonight was the second ranked tight end. He had a big week three. Um, with 18.4 points, which is the reason why Phil started him tonight um, playing the Packers. And, you know, he didn't hit projections, but I still think he is someone that I think is a good uh, tight end option. I do have him in another league. Phil's got to find a way to get Mark Andrews off his team to get some depth, Um, some inside information. Phil and I discussed trades throughout this week, um, trying to get a couple players off his team. But Phil is stubborn. Phil is someone that just will not trade. Um, and it's it's kind of sad to see because you would think, oh, and three, something's got to change. Yeah, and he's got a good team. I love the addition of CJ Stroud. I think so, Jake. I, I, I like his matchups. So. I like his matchups this week. I like uh, Kenneth Walker going up against uh, New York. That team is just absolutely horrendous. Well, really you quick, talk- let's just talk, talk about his team in general. It, if have you clicked on Jameer Gibbs? Don't click on him if you haven't. I haven't have clicked on him. Where do you think he ranks as far as fantasy? Oh, oh, I know he's. I know he's so so low. I I know that the twenty eighth uh, right now, and that's I, only going to drop because that he didn't get more than ten points. And I think Jameer Gibbs has a ton of talent, but this is DeAndre Swift two point Not, and I think Jameer Gibbs is more talented than DeAndre Swift, but. This is someone that's not going to get any touchdowns, like any touchdown opportunities. He might get, you know, three to five throughout the season, but that's not what you want out of, you know, we will call him an RB2 because Kenneth is, you know, a very good running back and he is definitely Phil's RB1. But besides that, tell me who else on Phil's team, especially on the bench, is someone that you can plug and play. Like Javante Williams as a flex. I don't like Javante Williams. I don't like anybody on the Denver Broncos offense. Javante Williams is having a worse year than Jameer Gibbs. So I don't know. He's got three very good players and the rest I don't I don't think you can get anything for. I think I still don't get uh, owners spending a good amount of chunk at their fab and then throwing them on the bench. 
I think there's something there with uh, Devon A Chain. I mean, I don't personally. I mean, you brought up Jameer Gibbs in his rank, but and it popped in my head. But rest of the season, Jameer Gibbs or uh, my boy uh, Najee Harris. What do you think? Oh, Jameer Gibbs. Oh, no, damn it! No, no doubt. I thought I can make. I thought I. Jameer Gibbs is like a dynamic player. Najee Harris is Eddie Lacy 2.0. God, I love Eddie Lacy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm looking at his teams, and maybe I'm just getting wooed by the projections this week. But good matchup. I think you're I think. just staring at the middle of his team because I'm mm-hmm. staring at it right now, and I'm like, those are three very good players. But then when you actually open it up, and you're like, you know, Laporta is good, but like, can you contain that the rest of the season? Probably not, but you never know. Javante Williams bad. C.J. Stroud, I do like. I agree with you there. Um, as someone that I think going forward is going to be a good option, especially on deep balls uh, with Nico Collins and, and Tank. So I think that was a good pickup. I, I talked about this last episode. Phil needed to go out during the waivers and spend big on certain players. Now he spent a lot on A-Chain. I believe, what was it, 80-something dollars? $88. Uh, $88. Like, um, oh, and Steph. What? I'm looking at that right now. Steph. Yeah. Rough. rough. Um so spending $88 on the second running back in that offense, a little head scratching, but you know what? Really, really, really wanted him and got him. I would have liked to see another move. I picked up this player because I thought uh, for free, because I thought perhaps the rest of the season, there might be some trades from this team, this um, team that, like I just said, I don't like their offense, but I think if there's one player that does kind of you know progress as the season goes on, because he's a rookie, but someone like a Marvin Mims, who is like, yeah. like just a go-getter, home run threat. We know Russell Wilson can throw at least a deep ball pretty well. I would have liked to see Phil pick up someone like that over Khalil Herbert, Tank Bigsby, right? Like Phil has enough running backs. He still does not have more than – he's got two wide receivers on his entire team. So mm-hmm. I look at this team, and it's still my least favorite team in our league. Well, it's nice to hear because I hate my team. I don't know. There's something about uh, Phil's team that I don't know. I kind of like this week. I think that he's been definitely underachieving. He's getting a hopefully a bounce back week uh, coming off of Jamar Chase against the Rams. Definitely getting him more involved. He's got an easy Tennessee matchup. I like CJ Stroud. I like Kenneth Walker this week. Javante Williams. I'm actually high on Denver this week against uh, against the Bears being on the road. So that's definitely another situation that I can. Uh, See, but yeah, of course, I don't like his bench. I don't guys like Tank Bigsby, uh, Charbonnet, Khalil Herbert. It's just that was someone that was very low on throughout the whole season. Now seeing him on the bench, pretty much him being unplayable, um, just doesn't look good for Steven Mark Andrews. He definitely has a piece there that that uh, Phil brought it up during our text message chain that he's already getting offers. I mean, bad offers. I agree with Phil. Gabe Davis for Mark Andrews. Yeah, Get out. Yeah. Kid not out of good, here. Not a good trade offer. But, but uh, I was going after somebody else that would probably surprise you. And we were close, but Phil couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, but um, I think he's trying. Obviously, he's very vocal with the text message chain. And I think he has a good week this week, personally. But um, definitely with the start that he had with uh, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, you just want to try to scratch 10, maybe him falling. But Amon Ra hit projections. But looking over at QB Sneaks team, and we're talking about questions with just bench. I got questions, obviously, start starting with Justin Fields. I think it's – we talked about it in his last matchup. Um, I don't I don't see how you roll out with Justin Fields right now, especially at a projection of 20, going against a Denver defense where 
unless he's running the ball, unless he squeaks in and he's heavily involved in the running game, that there's one side of the field for Denver um, with Sertan that you don't want to throw against. They don't have a lot of uh, pass uh, catching options on that team. DJ Moore, I don't know where DJ Moore operates. I don't know if Sertan um, usually is just relegated one side of the field or is he following people around in the slot. But I I haven't seen anything that suggests that Justin Fields is going to return to what was last season, the last second half season where he's going to be running. So I hate that matchup. But luckily for but luckily for Shane, he's got guys, he's got ultimate heavy hitter. He's got, well, I think Keenan Allen, QB, or not QB, uh, wide receiver like five for the rest of the year, obviously with a big outing um, last week. Now what's that offense is going to be like with Mike Williams? I don't watch a lot of Charger games, but I feel like that's got to be a big hit to uh, Keenan's game, don't you think? No, uh, no, I don't really think so. I, I no. Possibly they could double team, but Keenan's never been a double team guy because he doesn't really require like that much attention. He's just a very solid route runner to where he finds soft spots in defenses. Like, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not equaling him to Devonte Adams, but there is those similarities to where Devonte just finds soft spots in the defense, especially when you're playing zone. And Keenan is that guy to where if you're playing zone, he's going to beat you every single time. He knows exactly where to go. So I don't think necessarily Mike being out is going to be a, a big hit on Keenan's game. Um, because I, I do think they have other options. I'm not saying that they're going to be just as good as Mike, but I do think that those wide receivers will step up. Um, but to touch on Justin Fields, I was looking at Denver's defense, and I think both of these can kind of be – they're supposed to negate each other. As far as like Justin Fields, and the reason why he's got 20 projected points is because Denver's pass defense is 30th ranked when it comes to fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. You watch Sam Howell – score 33 points you watched uh the miami dolphins now they have of course one of the best offense if not the best offense in the game score 70 a lot of that was on the ground but Tua still had a very solid game not mm-hmm. saying justin fields is compared to to miami of course but you know washington does not have a good offense and they still put up 33 on the road in denver against this defense so yeah justin fields i, I think I think this is def- this is this is the matchup that if he does not hit projections, you should start looking for a quarterback on Monday um, to to really start for the rest of your season. Because I do think this is a good matchup. I do think this is going to be a little bit higher scoring than than people predict. Um, I'm not sold on Denver in general. I don't think they want to play for Sean Payton. I think that's already soured. I think that his attitude towards trying to come in and be this, you know, big shot head coach. I have a Super Bowl ring and this and that. I don't think any of the players are really buying it. It's just a weird dynamic there already. And it is on the it is at home if when it comes to Justin Fields. So I do like that matchup. Um but the rest of his squad is is good. I we we don't know what we're getting out of Darren Waller. I think the two question marks are Jerome Ford and Darren Waller, of course. Everybody else is pretty much I think set. Um, but Shane doesn't really have a RB two to plug in there and he doesn't have a backup tight end. I'm not sure why we're still holding on to Dalton Kincaid. He's not really someone that I think, um, you know, gives you much. Um, but yeah, what else do you see on a Shane's team that, you know, um, piques your interest? 
I mean, Jerome Ford is definitely it's interesting. Um, we saw last week Baltimore kind of get diced up um, in their matchup. They have a whole bunch of injuries. Cleveland just has such a good offensive line, and I think uh, Jerome Ford definitely has some uh, merit in terms of that offense being a contributor, um, not only through the ground, through the air as well. I think definitely this is a spot where you can roll him with confidence and whatever question marks. And I have huge – so funny, you and I are so different – on this Denver Chicago matchup. I just I just can't see just can't see it through the air with Justin Fields in this matchup. So I I definitely I don't think expect... he's a win through the air though. I think I think you can you can win on the ground. I and I think that I mean you think Denver's gonna we've talked about this off air. You think Denver's gonna smash them and I think Chicago's gonna cover. So yeah we're definitely different on that. But I think Justin Fields this is a week where Justin Fields uses his legs and I think he uses them often and I can see him having a big game. Yeah, see, I, I see the opposite. I don't see him back having a big week, but I do see Christian McCaffrey just absolutely dominating Arizona. I think Arizona coming off their win against Dallas. We're going to talk about it later with our heartbreak, but um, this is like one of those classic situations where Arizona's coming off a high, then they're running into the San Francisco team. Christian McCaffrey's just going to run all over them. But um, I don't really have a lot of question marks. You talked about Darren Waller. But that's just a tight end landscape. You just got to deal with it. Um, There's not a lot of great other options out there that he can roll out. Um, What an absolute disaster the New York Jets running back room uh, is, which was once considered a strength. Honestly, now for Shane, it's considered a weakness. He's filling up two roster spots, um, looking at two question marks every week. Who's going to get the ball? You're almost hoping that something happens there in in New York, whether it's a quarterback change to kind of switch it up or – they one of these one of these guys, Dalvin Cook or Brees Hall, really separates himself. If I was a Brees Hall owner, I would be absolutely pissed because he seems like the guy that has the most juice, but he's just not getting the ball. Um, yeah, that's I mean, not much. I don't. I, don't, I think Joshua Kelly's safe to drop at this point. I don't. I don't think you would ever roll him out into a to an NFL game, it's, especially with the uh, the reports that Eckler's now back at practice. He's not one hundred percent yet. Can't imagine he's going to go this week, but definitely like next week. So, but no, QB Sinks has a solid team. I just big question mark for me at quarterback, but uh, I'm going to just dive right into projections here. I, I mean, we already saw Phil with three, three matchups already going up this week. Um, in this Thursday night, I'm, I think, regardless, I'll still take in QB Sneaks. I'm going to take him in to win this matchup. Um, this big weeks, I like his matchup. I was, I uh, was interested, um, when you were talking, almost almost the perfect all of QB Sinks guys are playing at home. And then Law Dogs, everyone besides CJ Stroud is on the road. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Everybody uh on a Shane's team, yeah, at home. That's a good good catch there. Um, I do think that Phil has two big matchups in Jamar Chase against Tennessee. And as we've seen over the course of these first three weeks. Anytime you go up against Tennessee, the number one wide receiver basically goes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it with Keenan Allen. We saw it with uh, Mari Cooper last week, who had 20 points. So I do think Jamar Chase is going to have a big game. And Kenneth Walker against the Giants' uh, defense. Giants' defense, on rush defense, is not great. Um, so I think Kenneth Walker continues to have um, success on the ground. The rest of it, I mean, there's only... A couple other players um, besides, you know, defense and kicker. Um, I think it's going to be 
No, Phil scored around 115 last week, and I can kind of see that 115 to 105-ish. But yeah, I do think Shane has some juicy matchups as well. Um, Keenan, A.J. Brown, Christian McCaffrey, and I do think Justin Fields hits projections. I do think this is going to be close, but give me QB sneaks um, to go 2-2 two and two while, while the Law Dogs drop to 0-4. All right, Jake, let's move to a uh, fresh matchup, uh, one that we haven't, that no one's played yet on Thursdays. Well, you know what? As I say that, <laughs> it's a kind of a bummer that Team Mercier didn't play one of her people this Thursday. Team Mercier first meet the Robinsons. I mentioned Team Mercier because I see a 33 burger on the bench, Jake. Yeah, that's rough um, because I do think that someone like Alexander Madison is. One, you're not entirely sure of playing. Um, Zach Moss has shown that he is... He's, yeah, you can't really take good. Zach Moss. You can't take him out of a Yeah, lineup. and you can't take him out right now. So, you know, maybe putting Zach Moss into that RB2, and then it's just, you know, deciding between someone like Madison, Ayuk, and David Montgomery. Um, but that's rough. It, yeah, it's rough. It's rough, like, watching someone go off on your bench that you probably questioned whether or not you wanted to start them. But David Montgomery coming off an injury that, you know, everyone thought he would be out for a few weeks, but he only missed one, came back rather early, and he is the guy. He is the guy. He's the goal line, goal line guy. Gave it to him, I believe, 32 times, which is insane coming off of an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think, as I'm talking that out, Phil having Jameer Gibbs, I think at some point David Montgomery is going to just get run into the ground to where Jameer Gibbs is going to be very useful. I don't know if that's going to be soon, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to to go into Sunday and see, although the score is zero to zero, knowing that you could be up 33 points. Yeah, you're already factoring that in whether you want to or not. You're you're playing the counting game, counting your bench. We all do that, especially when we go over matchups at the end of the week. We always go over the bench and just seeing that early. I feel like Phil, um, with the decision of going with uh, Laporta, was almost like the reverse. He was almost thinking like, well, I got to go with this guy because I actually believe in this guy, so I'm going to do it now because I don't want to regret it later. This is the inverse. And coming off an injury, it's definitely warranted. Going up against on the road against Green Bay, it's probably one of the more tougher places to play. I know Green Bay is a completely different team now without Aaron Rodgers, but still a lot of question marks heading into this matchup. Everyone's still waiting for Jameer Gibbs to kind of take over that backfield. But if anything, this show, David Montgomery, until he gets run down, um, you're sticking with him. And what you saw out of Alexander Madison last week was, I mean, pretty positive. Like, yeah, still a lot of, yeah, I know, but still, still a lot of confidence in him. I don't really Trump see Cam Akers. I don't really see Cam Akers like coming in and just taking all the work. I think it's going to be a progression or maybe a Madison gets over these first couple of weeks and this may be one of those situations where we're applauding uh sam come week nine or ten sticking with madison and not jumping ship um because we've we've seen glimpses of it last year um that he's a good runner as this is there's a lot of stuff he's got to fix up um playing on minnesota is definitely gonna be a lot of offense that's why kirk cousins is in it um I, you saw positives out of joe burrow last week but Still kind of out ishy, iffy on my rants, but uh, sticking with Kirk Cousins right now, going over to, against the Carolina team. That team is absolutely desperate, being down 0 3. 
Carolina is a team that we saw with uh, Seattle um, in the Seattle matchup last week that you can put points up against them. Um, I wonder who's I wonder who's uh, quarterback for Carolina next week because it's all crazy Bryce stat Young. that Andy oh Bryce Young because like Andy Dalton threw had fifty three uh, attempts which is insane but anyways uh, Joe Mixon seems to always find the end zone uh, one of the more like boring consistent like t- kind of upper echelon I know he's ranked fifteen right now but back to back decent weeks at eleven last week thirteen this week T Higgins. Oh my! I would pull my effing hair out if I had T. Higgins on my team, because he's a guy. You look at a volume; you have to have him in there. And we just talked about the Tennessee matchup and how juicy it is through the air. And if if T. Higgins can just get some hands on the ball um, and kind of—I mean, he's not getting two touchdowns like he had against Baltimore, but still, eight targets week one, no catches. Twelve targets week two, he caught eight of them two touchdowns, and then last week against the Rams, he also had eight targets. You know, he had two catches. So he may be one of those classic every other guy. So you're definitely getting him in your lineup this week, so him to catch, cash in. And we mentioned it with, I believe, our first one. We were talking about Phil, tight end landscape. You're rolling out big boy Pat every week. Top 10 tight end. Cash went in last week, even though all the slander you gave him in the last matchup. But, uh, Anything with uh, Sam's team, Jake? Yeah, well, I'm not going to buy Pat Fryermuth as, as a... You always have to buy Pat. No, I mean, any tight end right now in the top 10 is, like, it's either, you know, a, a stud or someone that's just completely random. Like, Donald Parham's sixth. So, like, whether or not you would believe the rankings at this point is up to you. But um, looking at the team, I, I, Kirk Cousins does have a tough matchup. Um, at on the road against Carolina, they have a they have a good um, pass defense. Kind of, I feel like they're anything that's linebackers behind, like then the linebackers and behind them. That back area has been solid. Been most of the the rush defense that's been a problem. But you know, Sam does have Alexander Madison, um, and the Carolina rush defense is thirtieth. T Higgins, like you touched on, this is a huge week for him. This is something that he needs. He, he needs to be able to have a consistent good week. Um, and then the Dallas Cowboys defense, I think coming back with a minus one, this is a week where they're at home. Um, and, you know, in order, I think, for Sam to win this week, Cowboys have to go back to their 10-plus um, points. Everybody else is pretty much solid. Um, and I don't think I would put anybody um, from the bench onto the starting roster, I'm pretty sure. You kind of set it this week and hope that you can kind of overcome that 33 burger on the bench. Yeah, I think Brandon Ayuk is maybe the the one question, um, considering his hot start at the start of the year. But yeah, her starting line is pretty solid. You got to keep rolling out with Zach Moss. We are on that situation with uh, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, one one not- more thing, just really quick. This is a this is a tough one because I think Joe Burrow. This is his best matchup of the year. Um, as far as quarterback wise, but it's hard for me, even watching that Rams game, he still is off. Like it's still like yeah. the timing is bad. You're basically hoping when you start Joe Burrow at this point that you're throwing Jamar Chase a quick eight to ten yard slant and then he's breaking one for forty to fifty yards. So that's you know, that's a tough call because Joe Burrow has by far the better matchup. Um they're both on the road, but one defense 
when it comes to the past is Swiss cheese and the other one is pretty solid. But yeah, you kind of have to roll with Kirk right now. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know where. I guess kind of my feeling with uh, which team was it? Who was I saying that? that who did I kept telling you that I thought had like this amazing defense? And then we looked at their the Texans. Uh, Panthers. Uh, PFF is just one rating system, and I know it's not Bible or anything, but right now they have them overall ranked uh, defense 25th in the league. So definitely a team you can score points against. I know it's on the road. Uh, both teams 0-3. Both are going to be hungry. And I think the Vikings are too just too good. I think it's a plus matchup. I And I like you mentioned, Joe Burrow definitely turned the corner, but even he said in the postgame uh, – he was gutting it out. He was just yeah, like, anything I can do. He's still hurting bad. But he knows the situation that he's in. It was a big win for them to stay in their division. So I think you just keep him there on the bench. You got a luxury getting Kirk Cousins uh, kind of hold the ship. But uh, you're going up against uh, Justin Herbert against Las Vegas, Jake. And we're going up against Meet the Robinsons. We're looking for a big bounce back but for Brian and Bijan. Brian against at Philadelphia. Wolf. I that woof. Uh, not a lot of options though. I see a lot of hype though. A lot of hype with uh, Roshan Johnson, uh, rookie for the Bears, going up against Denver. Um, personally, I think that could be an option. I think it's tough because of what I mean. Pretty much, you change your team name to be called Meet the Robinson. So you kind of want to roll out kind of what makes your team name your team name. But um, I I keep beating the drum on the Brian Robinson train. He is a he's a very efficient running back in plus matchup. This is not a plus matchup. Um, Philadelphia's offense, I feel like, still isn't there yet. Um, I know they just put up a good amount of points against the Bucks, but that Bucks team's kind of a fraud. I I feel like they're still trying to round it out, uh, and I I haven't seen. I like Washington this year, but I don't see this being a close game. And if it's not a close game, I really don't see Brian Robinson being that useful here. I feel like it's going to be tough for him. He needs to roll in for a touchdown. I don't think he's going to be either vol- volume alone or yards alone be able to hit that projection. So I don't like that matchup at all. Um, I do like Terry McLaurin, though, like the passing game, because I feel like they're going to be behind. But I don't know. I uh, I worry about that spot. Do you see anything else on his team that you have questions about? Uh, yeah, I think this is a team that is another one of my just kind of... It's like meh. Yeah, just like there are a couple good players. I mean, I'm actually surprised. I didn't realize Justin Herbert was number one overall. Um, Justin Herbert I, at home against Vegas, I think it doesn't matter if Mike Williams is out. I think he has a great game still. And he's um, going to produce. And yeah, and he's going to produce. Um. I agree with you with Brian Robinson. We watched the uh, commanders get absolutely smoked by the Bills last week, and Brian mm-hmm. Robinson had seven points total. So I think this is another one, um, especially on the road in Philly to where they have to play catch-up, and you know he's going to get 10 to 12 carries perhaps, but nothing more than that. So you're kind of – you're very touchdown dependent in this matchup. Um He's got tough matchups with Calvin Ridley. Now DK can't go to because DK is questionable. We're looking at a rough, you know, a rough lineup. Um, Jake Ferguson is someone that I wouldn't start. I would probably start Hunter Henry. Um, Tarek McLaurin, I get it. He's going to be, they're going to be behind. They're going to be throwing. But they were behind last week and Terry McLaurin got seven points as well. So 
I don't know. I I keep on seeing Elijah Moore pop up every once in a while, and I feel like he should be be he should be a lot better than his fifty sixth ranked wide receiver. Um, but I mean, he's getting like he got nine targets last week, and he caught nine passes for fifty yards. So I, I would. He's one that I think you have at some point he's going to have a very good game, and this could be the week. I I think Baltimore secondary with it being banged up, especially on the safety side, them taking deep shots, um, I think Elijah Moore might be a play over someone like Terry McLaurin, um, to be honest. When I look at when I look at Elijah Moore's like games, just I feel like he's like the fourth option and he's just checked down for for Deshaun Watson. That offense, I don't think they're going to score that many touchdowns this year. Now with Chubb out, I just I don't see them punching it in that much and I don't see Elijah Moore being the beneficiary. Uh Mari Cooper's look good. Um the the running backs look good. They got a good O-line. I just I don't know. I Nine for nine is obviously something. You getting nine targets. Um, yeah, nine targets weeks. in week two. And I know. Back-to-back weeks. Those were downfield. Those weren't check downs. Those were passes yeah. that were 15, 20 yards down the field. Yeah, and and you're and backing that up, I mean, week one, week two, he's averaged about 13 yards a reception. So it's definitely there. Then I look at last week, five. I don't know. I just I, – I don't know. It's tough with them. He's – Elijah Moore for me is – the kind of the same mold that I'm having with Chris Godwin. I think, I think both guys are definitely focal points in the offense, but they're like poor man's Brandon Ayuk's, where they're they're used in the offense to just move the ball, maybe catch up, get, pick up a first down, but they don't really seem like guys that are being counted on to make the big plays down the field to cash in on a touchdown. So. Going up with Terry McLaurin, um, given that tough matchup, um, there's definitely a conversation to be had um, that had there. But uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, he's got a lot of just tough, tough decisions on his team. Got kind of guys that are just like in the same vein and the same breath of each other. There's no. Yeah, I mean, you're also looking at Joshua Palmer, who's going to be the second option as far as passing wise in that Chargers offense. Um, and Joshua yeah. Palmer. <clears throat> who had like two or three like crazy good games last year and then the rest kind of disappearing acts. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically when he was the number one option, he didn't show he's the number one. He's not a number one wide receiver. No. But no. as a number two and a number three, he's shown at times that he can put up points. Um, so he, I think he might be an option, right? Like he had 12.6 points last week. And I will say the touchdown that he caught should have been a pick. Um, but mm-hmm. it was one that bounced off the Vikings defender's hands and it landed right in his lap and he scored a touchdown, but he's going to get eight to 10 targets. In my opinion, I think they're going to look for him quite often. Um, and you know, he might be an option, I think in that flex position too. I, I do think this team that Phillips rolls out is going to be different come Sunday. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the tight end and the flex are switched. See, I think, and I think, this is just weird, bold prediction, but I think Sam's going to win this matchup. And I wouldn't be surprised if meet the Robinson loses and we're playing the counting points on the bench with his team instead of Sam's team. And he's starting the wrong guy in that flex spot or even the running back spot. Cause I, because of all the questions that I have with Brian Robinson, sure. I see Brian Robinson. Um, and you, you looking at his stats, you look at last week, he had 10 carries for 70 yards, but 
Um, I would love to look. I mean, I'm gonna, I would love to look at the game log and see if there's probably one late in the game where they're getting blown out and he broke one off for about 30, 40 yards. I would imagine that's somewhere in the in the log sheet. I just don't. I don't see touchdown potential for him. I don't see. Uh, I don't see him hitting projections. And yeah, I think it's a little bit of a Russian roulette with with Terry Elijah and Joshua Palmer. Yeah, I remember a couple of games last year where Joshua Palmer was just the only guy in the backfield. Or yeah, like if Keenan was able to hop into a game where Mike Williams was able to get off the uh, the tourniquet and hop out in the field, like he he put up big weeks. And I feel like. One of those three guys, one of those decisions is going to haunt him. And uh, Team Mercier, she's just got a solid team. She's got Pat Fryermuth. I love Pat Fryermuth, and uh, see him having a big week. <laughs> so you're taking Sam? I'm taking Sam. I can't even say that with a with a um, straight face. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Sam too. I think if Phillips had better running back matchups, I would pick him. Um, but I think Diggs and T Higgins are prime for big weeks which will mm-hmm. carry him. I am concerned if I were saying with Joe Mixon, I know you said he is Mr. Consistent. I understand that. Tennessee, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. not a joke. Uh, you watched, I know Jerome Ford got in the end zone twice last week, but Jerome Ford had 10 carries for 16 yards. So, <laughs> you know, something, and, and I personally don't think that since he's offensive line is that great. And I think you know, we watched Aaron Donald get in that backfield constantly. Someone yeah. like your boy, What's his name? Who's my boy? Autry. I got a ton of boys. Um, oh. Gene Autry Nico. and uh, Jeffrey Simmons, I can see just kind of causing a lot of havoc in that backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and a uh, little peek into Baki's bets. I see that being a low-scoring game. Um, so, yeah, I- I'll still take Sam. But Phillips, I think this is starting to enter danger territory for Phillips um, because I think if he drops to one and three – got to start looking at trying to improve some positions that that are needs all right we're looking at a battle of two one and two teams we have house chargarian steph's team against hashtag claws up yes well maybe that will i was gonna say maybe that will change your fortunes this week um, let's jump uh, into Steph's team first, and then we will get to your team, Blake. But Steph's team um, looking to put together a little mini streak here. Um, have some new additions to the lineup, which I'm not going to lie, I kind of like. I hate Tank Dell. <laughs> Wait, is, is Zach Clark going to play this week? Um, I, I don't believe he is going to. I think he's got those projections down there, but he practiced in a limited fashion and he was out there looking good, but they have a bye next week, the first week of bye, uh, buys for the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised if he sits one more to rest, does the bye week, and then comes back ready to go. As a, but as a Charger fan, you'd be pissed, though, considering how you guys are started right now, that if he was good to go, if you left him out and they lose this week, like season's almost like over at that point, don't you think? Mm, I don't know. I, I think they are good enough to beat the Raiders without Austin Eckler. I'm not necessarily worried about the Raiders. Uh, watching them play and watching Jimmy G play, if the chart the 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 Chargers offense is not what I'm worried about. It's the Chargers mm-hmm. defense. So if the Chargers defense, I'm more worried about Derwin James being out than Austin Eckler. What who I am is glad that it's out for a certain teams. Andy Dalton because. Adam Thielen last week 
getting 11 receptions on 14 targets mm-hmm. and a touchdown came off the back of Andy Dalton. Obviously, he had a pretty decent outing against New Orleans, and he had his nine targets, seven catches, and a touchdown. But a lot of that came kind of in like dumpster time at the end. But Adam Thielen is so sneaky, and that's the one that we talked about, uh, I believe, in our first it was the first or second episode when we yeah, were talking about episode. Yeah, the preseason episode. Um, I oh yeah, because we were talking about what what team does Adam Thielen play on now, mm-hmm. and he's kind of exactly what what we pondered with him is that Carolina team had a has a brand new quarterback Bryce Young, and there's definitely not a wide receiver that stands out on that team, and someone's got to be a beneficiary. Adam Thielen definitely is that beneficiary and going up against that Minnesota leaky defense really what it comes down to him he's getting that healthy doses of targets last two weeks were his biggest weeks not only um with last week of how much he was targeted how many yards he got but both both of his better weeks came off touchdowns this is definitely a matchup that I think that he can get a touchdown being at home being against a crap Minnesota team just comes down to Bryce Young him coming off injury looks like he's good good to go Tutu Atwell and Kyron Williams. The Rams' offense, just in general, looks awesome. Kyron Williams probably would have had a better week last week, but for some reason, uh, Stafford could not check down to him. It was made no sense what was going on in that matchup. But sneaky, kind of hard matchup going on the road against Indianapolis. Um, we got it kind of like a um, home and home with she's rocking my Rams. I have Anthony Richardson in my lineup. I think that's a tight game. I think the line in that game is one and a half, pretty much like a pick them. Yeah. And uh, I remember, what, two years ago, I remember the Rams having a home opener. Or they started their season uh, on the road against India. And I remember that was a really tough game. And Damian Pierce is in a lineup again. Thank God she's putting him in the lineup against <laughs> me. Uh, I absolutely love it. And Tank Dell. I talked about Tank Dell. You brought it up. Uh, her excitement throwing, throwing uh, him in her lineup after I dropped him right before my week and him having a big week. But I love, I love, love, love that this is one of those classic situations of, with how unlucky Steph is that she's going to roll him into his lineup because of all the situations that happen with me dropping him, her picking him up, all that. And he's going to have a dud of a week. But honestly, with all that wrapped together, she's got a good lineup. Anytime you have Patrick Mahomes, especially against that Jets, uh, on the road against the Jets. Patrick Mahomes is good enough where he can distribute the ball a little bit more. I can't imagine, like, Sauce Gardner is going to be on Travis Kelsey. Um, T. Swift's going to be in the audience, so it's like it's like three touchdowns for Travis right there. Add it to Patrick Mahomes' line, but overall, good team. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I I just have one question still. Yes. Why, once again, Dallas Goddard, just drop him already. He is ranked... 32nd in tight ends. And we just talked about how tight ends are all over the place. Dallas Goddard is not needed on a roster. Just let it let it go. Um, but going forward um, on her with, with her team, uh, I look at, I agree with you. I think those Ram players are good spots. I think with Minnesota's um, pass defense um, is trash. I think Adam Thielen has a good... Um, opportunity to hit projections and go over Damian Pierce, Ramondi Stevenson. I think that is a tough, that is a really tough, like, where do I want to go with that? Because I think yeah. both have very tough matchups. 
but I do think the Patriots move the ball a little bit better, but also Dallas has a much better defense than Pittsburgh. So Damian Pierce at home, Ramondre on the road. That's a very, very tough call. So I definitely, I think Steph is hoping that Eckler plays because that is an easy, just swap in for Damian Pierce. Don't have to worry about that. And then you rush out that team. Now I will say the Bills defense just dropped, what, 30 something points last week. Mm-hmm. They're at home, but they play the best offense in football. So yeah, we'll see I, how that goes. Five points, I still think, is super low because I do think the Bills, after a week one kind of letdown at, at the Jets, have played really good football the last two weeks. And I feel like with her adding Tink Dell and automatically putting, putting him in her lineup, that the need for having Robert Woods on your team is like minimal. Like there's not that many pass catchers to go around. You have Nico Collins, you got Tank Dell. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tank Dell is an aberration. You're not 100% sold on him, and you want to roll with a hot hand. But he's looked he's looked really good. So if I was Steph, she has plenty of guys that we were screaming into the void that she needs to drop on her team, a la Justin Hill, Robert Woods, Odell. Um, she's Definitely better options out there where she can swap out a defense because the I feel like the best case scenario, best case scenario is you're going to get a couple of picks, maybe some sacks. But, I mean, Tua doesn't really throw that many picks. You and... also don't know if there's going to be a special teams touchdown, too. Like, I feel like in Buffalo, there's always – you'll always watch those fans go absolutely nuts for a return or something like that. I don't know. I think I, I, I yeah. see what you mean by, like, I think the the ceiling is very low, four points when it comes to this. But I also think that maybe perhaps she's just playing the Bills defense because she feels sorry for you and you're a trash team. I mean, ouch. So um, let's go into your team. Uh, the, the cat hashtag claws up with some new faces, finally uh, out of both parties, out of concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Richardson against the Rams, Jalen Waddle against – the, I almost said the Sabres, um, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Hockey's um, back, almost, baby. Yeah, it's almost hockey season. Um, is Blake Grupke going to miss another field goal for the Saints? Nope, no. He's never missed a field goal while in a dome. Uh, there we go. That's the stats. Dude, that don't, even bring, have, don't uh, even bring up that game. Oh, well, sorry. Uh, that, those are the stats that the people are here for. Uh, mm-hmm. Blake Grupke not missing a kick in a dome. He is playing at home. Um, mm-hmm. But... Najee, what what are we doing with him? Is it this? Is this you said last week? It was do or die. He died, um, but it sounds mm-hmm. like he is still in your lineup. Yeah, he. I mean, it's this is this is do or die, right now. <laughs> Cannot wait he, for next week. He had I, I watched that game and going up against a a leaky Raiders defense. Um, he was still getting tackled in the freaking backfield. Like something has to change and watching how they utilize him is especially frustrating because I feel that I just feel like they're just giving him the opportunity to fail. Not very creative, um, rolling it out first and second down, just giving it right up the gut and just just setting up like play action just setting up downfield or just setting up so that when they bring in Jalen Warren that they can have a 
different dimension to their offense. But it's really it's really Najee just taking the dirt, just the dirty um, routes. Twenty carries. I I I can't put him on the bench in this matchup against Houston, which statistically speaking is a worse rush defense. Um, and if I'm getting twenty carries, then something's gonna happen. If I don't, it's got to be this week. I have to. I have. I. I. I owe it to Najee. I owe it to myself. I deserve all the pain that I that will be afflicted to me this weekend because I'm going to continue to roll him out in these plus matchups, even though I know the guy looks like he's running in jeans out there. But yeah, he's got cement blocks for feet, and I would not start him under any circumstances. Um, how about this scenario where you're going to be watching the Saints Bucks game on Sunday and you know in the first quarter Mike Evans is getting ejected for punching Marshawn Lattimore. Now yes. Chris Godwin is available to throw out there with all those targets. Does that thought cross your mind putting Chris Godwin in for perhaps a Matt Breida and moving Matt Breida up to where Najee is? It. It does, but I just don't. I don't like, like I mentioned with Elijah Moore. I just don't like what the situation with is with Godwin. I, yeah, punches he punches Lattimore, and I get extended looks. But uh, they kept throwing out. Man, I'm blanking on his name. I wish I had the note here, but they kept throwing out this uh, rookie on the Bucks too, getting him involved Great too. But, yeah, the, Godwin just Godwin's just in this unsexy role. That's super important for the team, but not important for fantasy. I'm gonna to continue to hold them, hold him. I don't, I don't like, I, I really don't like this matchup against New Orleans because I feel like New, York, New Orleans is a pretty st- a stout defense. I feel like the Bucks, the Bucks have played very uh, marginal teams in terms of defense mm-hmm. leading up to that Philadelphia matchup. I've never really been sold on their offense. Mike Evans continues to eat because. Um, I think we were all wrong on him come draft season, and and uh, wrong on him how? I that he could still be a producer even on a bad offense. I think they're a bad offense. I in oh, I thought, um, sorry, I thought you said Mike Williams. My my fault. My I I maybe I did. did maybe Mike. I you said Mike Mike Williams, but you mean Mike um, Evans? My I mean Mike Evans. Um, uh, so I don't know. I just don't trust Godwin. Um. I don't trust Jordan Addison anymore. I took one week, and I'm already over him. Um, taking hell Mary on Quentin Johnson, I'm not going to start him because I don't know what how that. Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's what I talked about regarding Phil's team. I think having players with very high ceilings and not just like hopeful that someone gets hurt, right? So I, yeah, I think Quentin Johnson is a is a pickup. I do have a question on this guy named Keaton Mitchell. Is he someone that you watched in the XFL? I, you know, it's funny that you say that he's from the XFL because I found that out today. But no, I just keep hearing a lot of hype. Um, that that running back room for Baltimore is super valuable, even though it seems like they never have a guy to fully break through. And yeah, they do. They have, and his name is Melvin Gordon. Well, no. Um, practice squad Melvin Gordon is not the answer. Um, but no, I've heard a lot of good things about this Keaton Mitchell guy. So um, him coming off the IR, I believe this week. Uh, yeah, on on next week. So just to kind of a hold and see what what happens with Baltimore's running back room. Um, 
need Justice Hill to get hurt again. Um, so maybe that. All but right. I, yeah. No, I that you know what? I am putting a curse on your team right now for hoping another player gets hurt just so that you can take advantage. So as of right now, September twenty eighth, we are recording week four. Blake's team is officially cursed. That's fine. I don't even care, dude. My team sucks. I need Anthony let's Richardson do, to go off. Let's what? do predictions here. Um, I am going to take Steph's team. I do think that she has some matchups that we're going to look back on and we're going to be like, you know what? Pretty, they met projections. And and I, and I like the projections there. Um, I do think there are a couple players on your team that, that are good, but I, I can't pick a team that has Najee Harris. I can't. I can't do it. Um, who are you taking? God, I want to take my team so bad, but um, but I also believe in my own personal curse on whoever I pick usually loses. But I'm going to take Steph's team. Yep, I knew that was coming. I'm going to take Steph's team. Mr. Predictable. I love the Bills' defense against Miami. <laughs> I think Dallas Goddard is a top five tight end. Damian Pierce is the most underrated running back in all of football. And Adam Thielen is just as good as he was um, during his Vikings day. So I see Steph winning this by at least 35 points. Well, they heard it here first, everyone. What what touching words for Steph's team. Blake finally bowing down to Steph. Um, let's see if House Chargarian, let's see who either of these teams can get to 500 with a win. him Mostert because he also has a chain. I offered him Mostert and no, he loves loves a backup. Yeah, exactly. Mostert and Pickens for just straight up for uh Walker. Walker. And he was like, I'll think about it. I like I like that trick. No. I'll think about it. And then like he was like, I'll let you know by the end of the day. And then he texted me like I just can't pull the trigger. And I was like, dude, your God. team fucking sucks. Get out of here. Speaking of shitty teams that suck, Nakuna Matata is one and two yeah. going up against Fitch. <laughs> I love doing that, catching you mid-conversation to get it right into our episode. Uh, this matchup, yeah, features you, Jake. So talk about your team. Um, I have one of my one of my guys coming back this week. Oh, um, I can't wait. Yes. I will say this: I'm very nervous about um, him playing Tampa Bay's defense. I. I I was very close, and I hope that he gets more points than Aaron Jones, but I was very close in starting Aaron Jones over Alvin tonight because you never know what you're going to get um, when it comes to a player missing a, a, a few games. Um, not that Aaron Jones was the healthiest, so coming in, I know that he was kind of banged up. But Aaron Jones dropping a 1.9, um, good decision by me so far. But the rest of my squad... Um, yeah, some weird matchups this week where I'm I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. I do have some guys that you know are playing pretty bad defenses. Amari Cooper against Baltimore, 24th ranked. Puka needed a bounce back week, 26th ranked. And then even the uh, Jets against uh, tight ends. Travis Kelsey going up against the number 30. They're the 31st worst tight end um, team in the New York Jets now. I'm excited to hear that Taylor Swift will be in the building at MetLife. So that makes 
may feel like Travis Kelsey is going to go off once again. Um, America's love story. So I'm excited for that. Thank you, Blake, for dropping the Eagles defense as I picked them up and they have some juicy matchups coming up. And then um, shout out to it was it was a past L.A. Ram, right? Matt Gay, is Matt Gay on the Rams. It's the Matt Gay revenge tour. It's the most scariest thing in football. Yeah. Watching him have uh, he had four 50 yard field goals last week. So we're just going to roll with that. And we're hoping that they move the ball down the field at home in the dome. Um, I forgot what the, I think it's Lucas Oil. Um, Oil, yep. But the rest of my squad, I just have like, I'm not sure who to play in my flex. Michael Pittman has been really good this year. He is ranked 14th, which is pretty solid for a wide receiver. Has only caught one touchdown, but he's gotten over 10 targets in three straight games. Hope that continues against a as a decent defense as far as like uh, secondary goes in the Rams. But I do like that it's at home. And I do like that the Rams, I think, are going to score points. So I think that could be a sneaky shootout game um, to where both teams, you don't have to worry about weather, are just going to go up and down the field. And uh, I could benefit from Puka and Michael Pittman both, um, you know, scoring points. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. Garrett Wilson, I I love you, but, like, you're going to have to either be on another team or in, I'm going to have to, like, hope that you move on to greener pastures or another fantasy team or another oh, quarterback and because I can't start you anymore. I just can't do it until, and Trevor Simeon is not going to be the savior there. So either they go get Kirk cousins after the Vikings go on four um, and the jets go one and three, or, you know, we're looking somewhere else, but I think this is the lineup that I have to run out. George Pickens um, is, you know, getting targets each game and that dude can fly, but I just I don't think I can start him over Michael Pittman, Puka, or Amari Cooper. I think Michael Pittman is so, is going to have such a big week this week against the Rams defense. Rams defense are a bunch of young corners, and how um, how the Rams defense has been oriented starting out this year, they play a lot of shell, um, not allowing their corners to get beat over the top, letting everything happen in front of them, mm-hmm. and that's kind of been the model. And I every time it's Raheem Morris, that's what it is. I don't know why. I always think Raheem the Dream for some reason. I know that can't be his last name. But every time I the think dream, of Raheem think Morris, his, name, his last name would be the Dream. Every time I I know that it's not, but anytime I think of Raheem, I always think the Dream. I'm like, that's not it. But Raheem Morris, that's he plays an ultimate bend don't break defense, and everything under the middle is wide open. The zone that they play. So. You're looking at you're looking at using an accurate quarterback, being able to not get greedy, not try to t- take it over the top. You look at Anthony Anthony Richardson's two games that he's played this year. Oddly enough, he only targets the right side of the field, which is weird. Um, if you look at his like uh, target distribution, targets the right side of the field. I don't know if that that doesn't pen anything, Michael Pittman, but everything's short. Everything's short, and I think that's gonna be a big boon for uh, Pittman. And then you talked about the kind of weird being on the road with Puka. Uh, PFF has, you talked about uh, the matchups in terms of uh, wideouts, but PFF has Colts as the worst defense in all of football. So you may not be taking advantage uh, through the air necessarily, but I definitely think that the Rams offense is going to move on them. You're thinking um, red zone opportunities. Got to hope that it's not. Puka's got to get in the end zone. One of he's got to get. He's he has he's to. Good. I mean, 
he's definitely due and definitely on the horizon of Cooper Cup coming into the fray. I think there's just a lot of optimism about this offense. This is going to be a big showing for them. Puka's got to fall in. He has to. And overall, your team, I'm so excited for Alvin Kamara because I love Alvin Kamara. He's just such a kind of versatile, fun back, especially for a fantasy asset for you. Um, Lamar Jackson, I the week the week after I trade him, he starts running the ball and he he's like he'll be RB five by the end of this week. But tough matchup against Cleveland. Cleveland's got a nasty defense. They have a great front seven. Yep, absolutely. Like and it's not one of those front seven where it's just like big old dudes that just clog it up the middle. And but like they're fast. They'll chase after you. Um, you know, anytime you're looking in division, especially in that. In that division, games are always kind of tight. Uh, so interesting to see what you'll get out of Lamar. But if you can get that running game that he's been getting, uh, that you saw last week, definitely optimism. I love your team. Matt Gay revenge season against the Rams. You never want to see it. And I'm just happy that my Eagles defense went to a uh, supporting home. But you got a lot of good guys. I loved, um, I love the stash of Marvin Mims. Uh, we we've talked about it now a, a lot. I love Denver this weekend. Marvin Mims definitely has been this deep target uh, option for Denver to air it out whenever they do air it out. So interesting pickup. I feel like you got a lot of guys on your team that are just, um, you got guys like Nico Collins. I don't know. Drake London is almost getting into that range of like, why is he even on a team? But just the talent alone. You got a lot of guys that just have a lot of talent, but maybe some questionable offenses that you want to hold on to it, especially Garrett Wilson. I feel like you and I need to talk because I'm struggling with wideouts that maybe I can figure out a deal to at least pretend like I have a comparable wideout room. When you got guys like Garrett Wilson where looking at your lineup, it's it's impossible for you to play him at this point of the juncture. So yeah. yeah we can talk I, was, about. I was trying to get uh upgrade here or there with um I talked about talking with Phil. I think uh, a Shane lowballed me on some offer. Um, That's classic a Shane, though. Yeah, that I don't think I will be, you know, circling back around to his team anytime soon. Um, Nick is a classic lowballer as well. well I, I was going to um, say those two are the worst. Yeah, so I don't know. I yeah, I would love to try to find a house for some of these guys to upgrade, um, but we'll see. It it will yeah. it will need a. I I still think very highly of Garrett Wilson. Um, so, you know, if anyone's interested in him, it's going to still be a heavy price. It takes um, two to tango. It takes two to tango. Yeah. And I, and I do feel like just, uh, we shouldn't touch on Marvin Mims too much, but like I said, I think Marvin Mims is someone that is going to be a starter in the next six to seven weeks. I think they're going to try mm-hmm. to find new homes for Sutton and Jerry Judy. I would not be surprised if those guys get traded. Um, maybe Starters. both, maybe one. No, I don't want either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Marvin Mims is kind of who they're a little different, but I think who everyone thought Jerry Judy was going to be. It's just that mm-hmm. home run breaker. Um, and Marvin Mims is an exciting player. Uh, watching him, I believe, went to Oklahoma. Watching him in Oklahoma last year um, was just one of those guys that you knew, like in a right offense, was going to be a star. I don't think he's in the right offense, but I do think that there is some potential to really show what he can do. Um, yeah. And wait, no, don't don't go to Fitch's team because I wanted to make this joke. Speaking of two to tango, Fitch is tangling with a couple of Eagles in his starting lineup. Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Swift is off the oh, off the bench. Yeah. No, that was good. If he, I mean that was pretty good. I liked it. But uh Miles Sanders, 
former Eagles legend yeah, is I'm now on the bench. Yeah, you I'm, wanted the Mike Miles Sanders matchup. I wanted, yeah, it sounds like it's, it seems like Fitch is a little scared to play Miles Sanders against me. You would think after someone who just talks all this trash on his team, on his players, that he'd play Miles Sanders and think that he can beat me with him, but apparently he doesn't think so. Well, I mean, I I mentioned before we started this this uh, matchup. I think his team is stacked, and it's not like I don't. I feel like we're talking about the same team. He's got guys. Jalen Hurts, uh, I feel like DeAndre Swift is kind of almost hitting the ceiling of what he can provide as a fantasy asset. I don't see him. Um, I don't see another gear for him, but I definitely still see another gear for Jalen Hurts. Um, anytime that he, anytime they're one yards automatic rushing touchdown, uh, most broken play, but I still think there's a, a, a level of the offense that can still be increased uh, with that Eagles team. James Cook can, continues to be very viable on a great team, I say a high-scoring game uh, against Miami. Miami's offense now is so explosive that I feel like for teams to for teams to have a chance to not get into a boat race, it's going to rely on the running running backs for uh, whoever they're playing against, trying to slow down the clock, slow up the possessions for them. James Cook definitely has. De- James Cook is good. I keep going back to that. Uh, Chris Olave against Tampa. I like that matchup. Evan Ingram, we top five in terms of tight ends, and uh, it's not great. I mean, top top five in tight ends. His point output, 7.4, 8.7, 10.2. That's all you need to be a top five tight end in this right, league. But it's consistency, and that's kind yeah. of like one out of a tight end, right? Like, yeah. if you're getting 25 points in three weeks by a tight end, I'd much rather have it spread out than have 25 points in one week and, you know, one point in the other. Yeah, and I I keep getting tricked by say flowers, um, but I think with the target distribution that he's getting, uh, ten and ten week one, five uh, week two, and then he had another ten. Um, I know the points aren't really there; he's averaging about like ten and a half right now, but still roll him out there. Um, yeah, Miles Sanders is kind of tough though on the bench though. What do you think? No, I think I don't. Yeah, I think either Miles Sanders or Zay Flowers, though I think that's just the toss-up right there. Miles Sanders, though, still really hasn't done, like, performed much. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's had three weeks. All of them, he's averaged less than four yards of carry. Last week, he did find the end zone, but he only had 2.7 yards of carry and was a beneficiary of being down by a bunch of points and just catching a shit ton of checkdowns, five catches for 38 yards. So that's not really his game. Um, but I, I see that game being more in the air, um, uh, Carolina mm-hmm. and Minnesota. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that one's more in the air. Um, yeah, I looking at Brian's team, Jalen hurts surprisingly. Yeah, he has struggled and he has been someone that has been talking about being a beneficiary of getting those one yard touchdown runs. Um, he has three touchdowns and three interceptions. Um, but he has three rushing touchdowns to add with that as well. So I think this is a week where James Cook, I think James Cook scores a touchdown this week. I would not be surprised if he, you know, runs one in from five to seven yards um, and finally scores. I do agree with you. I think to kind of keep Miami's offense off the field, you got to drain some clock throughout this game. So I wouldn't be surprised if James Cook and Josh Allen both, maybe even a little Latavius, a little Damian Harris kind of, you know, they try to establish the run because Miami's rush defense is not good. 
Um, and Miami's defense in general is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I see James Cook having a, a solid week. Justin Jefferson is just, I have to hope that Justin Jefferson does not hit projections. Um, and that's just extremely wishful thinking because last week, I'm sure you thought the same thing. Oh, he hasn't even gotten a catch in the first quarter. Like I just, yeah. you know, it looks good. And then by the time the game ends, he's got 26 points. Just don't watch Vikings games if you're yeah. playing against Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Just don't um, do it. I will say this. Justin Jefferson can score anywhere, but I'd much rather have him go on the road than at home, mm-hmm. um, where I feel like at home he always scores. Chris Olave is one that is interesting to me, only because my boy Jameis Winston is probably starting. Uh, Yuck. And... I don't know how that's going to go, to be honest. Chris Olave could have a great game. We saw A.J. Brown have a really good game. They are different receivers. But we saw A.J. Brown have a really good game and Devonta Smith not really do much. Could we see Chris Olave struggle and I'm not saying Michael Thomas going off, but somebody else on that Saints um, offense having a good game. So I, this is a very interesting matchup. I am glad that the Dolphins' defense is the defensive uh, matchup that Brian's going for. Hopefully he doesn't Wait. pick up another... Yeah, Brian, you have an open bench spot, so please go pick up a better defense. What? What? Like now you're trying to get teams to go against me? Okay, you're cursed again. I, like this is this is. I'm not. This is I'm, just, I'm offering fantasy. No, this is illegal in our fantasy league to request another team to pick up a defense so that they can beat me. Illegal. It makes no sense. Illegal. We we make suggestions. We make suggestions to. You just pleaded. You just pleaded. Like you know. Uh, you just pleaded for Brian to pick up a defense. Brian, I, you, I, I can see you right now. You're on your knees with your hands just begging for Brian to pick up a defense to try and beat me. So I'm begging, I am begging you to shut the hell up. And I'm picking Fitch's team to win this matchup. Um because I just like all his matchups. He can keep the Dolphins defense in there. I don't really care, Jake. Not one bit. I'm not trying to collude. I think I honestly think uh, Zay Flowers, Miles Sanders. You could probably make that swap. Um, I I don't know how much they're going to throw the ball and how I feel like I feel like this will be a game. Zay Flowers is going to be maybe not as targeted as much because Lamar's going to be running a lot. I feel like pocket's going to break quick. He's going to have to make quick decisions. Any any game in that division is is going to be huge. I see Lamar having a big game, but um, overall, I think Jalen Hurts. And DeAndre Swift will continue to eat. Justin Jefferson, don't watch that game, Jake. I just don't do it. And I have concerns about Chris Olave with James Win- Jameson Winston because this isn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Jameson Winston. This is the Saints What's one. his name? He's actually Jameson. And am I saying it wrong? Winston. Hmm. Am I saying it wrong? His name is Jameis. Jameson? Why am I saying Jameson? Why are you saying Jameson? I don't know. I just you ever watched a football game one time? Um, Yeah, we get it. Um, So let's move on to my prediction. And I think, damn, I do think I'm. I'm only going to be watching one game on Sunday for Brian's team. Pick your trash team, Jake. That's that Philly game. Um, I am worried about Lamar. I think Lamar could throw a stinker out there. But yeah, sure. Let me pick my team to win. All of Brian's matchups are done by 10 a.m., which is nice. Actually, most of mine are. We're going to watch Travis Kelsey in Vegas, down oh. 14 points going into Sunday yes. Night Football. And I, Travis Kelsey is going to hit the Dougie right in Brian's face while Brock and Cannon cry. <laughs>
got a matchup of the week here. Rum Runners Carino going up against a notorious. Jake, I am so sick and tired of Nick's text messages. What was You're me? Tired. You're what tired. You're tired of it. I had to live through it. Have you lived yeah. through it yet? I don't think you have. I don't know, but as a bystander, I'm tired of it. Uh, but I don't blame him. <laughs> that game looks so bad. Uh, I, mean, I don't blame first... him when he starts Luke Musgrave. I'm pretty sure Nick had no idea who Luke Musgrave was going into the NFL season. And to start some guy named Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, who if you look, at, if you look at his at his his picture, you click on his name, you look at his picture, kind of a mix between a Miles Teller and kind of you, to be honest. A little bit of that stash that looks a little gross. Uh, I got a better mustache than this guy. But Luke Musgrave over – oh, never mind. He still has Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I didn't – Oh, and I guess I didn't make the correlation until now because um, Jordan Love obviously struggled in the very beginning of that game and definitely got some garbage time touchdowns towards the end. But yeah, no uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, going with Jordan Love, not a bad pick. I mean, hit projections. There were some uh, costly turnovers at the end that kind of soured a big day for him. But overall, yeah, Luke Musgraves. What are you going to do about that? That's just the, the dilemma that Nick's facing. But overall, his whole team, He's got some juicy matchups. Tony Pollard against New England. Travis Etienne against Atlanta. Oh, I can't wait for the London game, Jake. It's, the, my, it's literally my second Christmas uh, behind Christmas, obviously. But uh, juicy matchup there. Uh, Devontae Adams against the Chargers. Give me the history because I feel like Devontae cooks the That's Chargers. That's going to be the number one wide receiver uh, number this weekend. Yeah? What's your projection? How many points? I don't know how many points, but he's going to finish number one. Okay, he had 35 last week against yeah. against uh, Pittsburgh. So, and yeah, then uh, secondary is healthy. The Chargers, no Derwin. I don't believe the other safety is starting. J.C. Jackson yeah. still has uh, a rest out for or a warrant out for his arrest. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this is a this is a tough week for uh, the Chargers secondary. And then the the only two kind of question marks I really have on his team are just Debo and Devontae. And when it comes to Debo, it comes to his brand Ayuk playing. Um, when Brandon Ayuk's in that offense definitely takes a hit on Debo's productions. Devontae Smith, is it a Devontae Smith game or is it an A.J. Brown game? Um, I mean, that's the, those are the smallest of circumstances. Let's hope neither. Huh? So let's hope neither. Let's hope neither. Okay, that's fine. Um, and he's not, he doesn't really have that many options on his bench. James Conner is always going to be a question mark. Um, but against that San Francisco defense, at least James Conner is almost matchup proof because of how much he gets involved in the passing game. Um, so that's a question you run out, but I don't, I wouldn't bench any of these guys. I don't have, there's not much I can really say about his teams. Um, I mean, we can go through the fine points of, of dicing up certain matchups, but yeah, that Luke Musgrave outing it's just brutal yeah it's a tough one to start with uh jordan love had when nick first sent the good game or good week tray or whatever that text message was i looked at the score because i know what that meant and i saw jordan love in the second quarter have negative 0.1 points yeah and i even i still even with that and seeing luke musgrave have 0.6 and then being out the rest of the game because he had a concussion early and was out I saw that and I still knew that what Nick was doing and he was trying to jinx uh, Trey's team. And so then Jordan Love, of course, rattles off 17 second half points and has a, you know, meets his projections. 
So I hope Nick loses for that sense, only because wow, another Ouch. another uh, unwritten rule in fantasy. Um, this is the you know the first rule is don't get on your knees for another team to start a defense. Um, Never heard of that. Number two is you know saying good game on a Thursday night or good week <laughs> on a Thursday night when you still have four days before the end of the fantasy week. So. Um, I hope Nick loses for that reason, but he does have very good matchups and, you know, a projection of 119 before tonight's game that has dropped down to 112. Um, and if we're looking at the flip side, those projections have gone up or no, sorry. The projections are now bigger than Nick for Trey's mm-hmm. team at 116. Gross. Just absolutely gross. And I'm looking, he almost has like that perfect all 10 lineup, like her. Um, like Steelers have a great matchup against Houston, Daniel Carlson against the Chargers. Like Daniel Carlson's the most like clutch kicker, but overall in his team are just so nice. I love, I love the addition of J- Jacoby Myers. It doesn't matter what team Jacoby Myers is playing for, Raiders, Patriots, guys getting like 13 targets a game. And um going against going up against the Chargers defense and their corners and safeties and whoever, and maybe not safeties, Derwin's still a beast. But uh Defense stinks. He's gonna eat. He's just I with with how much work Devonte is seemingly going to get. Uh, if J- Jacoby Myers can kind of keep that twelve targets, uh, he'll take it against this defense. Uh, Tyreek against Buffalo, gonna be fireworks. There's really not anything you can say about Tyreek. Pretty much when it comes to Tyreek, either hope that he has a hundred yard game and not get like the two hundred yard game. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Pacheco against the Jets defense is um. Did they lose? I thought I saw him walking out. The who's the big who's the big defender for the Jets on their line? Um, guy from Alabama. Yeah, is he playing? Because I know he got banked up last week. Not sure. Not sure. Um, but that's a big one. Um, Pacheco's honestly Pacheco's literally matchup dependent. If it's um, if it's a bad run, it, honestly, I feel like if. I think he's think, touchdown dependent more than anything. I know, but I feel like his touchdowns come in games where the, where you know the Chiefs are going to blow them out. This is a big spread, 10 points mm-hmm. um, on the road. So uh, this may be a situation, I think, on the road or at home. Uh, it doesn't matter. Chiefs are going to put up points wherever. So this, with the spread being this big, this could be a game where uh, they get Chiefs kind of get things out of hand pretty quickly. Taylor, Taylor can uh, give it a quick night home. We'll only watch the first half. Maybe that's a perfect opportunity for Pacheco to w- roll in. Josh Jacobs, um, I'm still have question marks about well, this is, him. This is the matchup for sure with Josh. Jacobs yeah, is that he's What's, been pretty good against the Chargers in his career. Uh, multiple hundred yard games, I think, last year against the Chargers, or at least mm-hmm. you know high fantasy outputs. So this is definitely the week where Josh Jacobs kind of needs to show something for Trace. And TJ Hawkinson's the number one tight end. Little little lopsided because it's all coming off the heels of that twenty-two point outing that he had against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But uh involvement's still there. He's averaging about ten targets a week, going up against a Carolina team that uh which I mentioned kind of bottom end in terms of defense. I don't know what the individual matchup is with that, but uh and then there's Mike Evans. Mike Evans with eleven point projections. There is no shot in the world that he gets 11 against Marshawn Lattimore. We all know that. So, but if, if Trey was even remotely scared about that matchup, he's got plenty of decent, um, 
options on the bench. He always has a he always leaves a bench spot open. But um Rashad White against the Saints defense, I don't like that as much. But Tyler Lockett against the Giants, that's a bleaky defense. That's definitely someone you can throw out there. Uh, Jerry Judy didn't have that bad of a week. Jake, he had 10 points, still getting seven. He had five catches off seven yards, 81. I mean, this is a plus matchup for them against the Bears. He probably did it Plenty against of the D-team in Miami. The yeah, what? He probably did it against the D-team in Miami, down 48. Well, I mean, it's, it, we don't have pictures on the fantasy scorecard, Jake. But uh, I, I overall, this is going to be such a good matchup for our matchup of the week. Uh, what do you – any thoughts on Trey's team? Yeah, I, I think this is the lineup you have to play, put out there. I don't think there's anybody on the bench I would sub in. I think everybody that's playing it, I do agree. I think Jacoby Myers is a sneaky good play and a good pickup for Trey um, for him the rest of the season as long as Jacoby can stay healthy. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? He actually drafted him in the 14th round, so I'll give Trey props. He was not a free agent pickup. He, he had him on his team all along. So – I'll give him props for that. I think that's a good wide receiver to play or even a flex. I think Mike Evans and him are definitely interchangeable. Um, but I think it comes down to his running backs. I think it comes down to whether those two have good days. Um, Josh Allen is just, I think he's always going to hit. Josh Allen, if you look at, I mean, 20, or sorry, 20, 11th ranked quarterback so far this year. Now the first week he did not have a good week. Ever since then, he's had back-to-back 20-point games, both kind of in blowouts. So this game might be a little closer, which actually I think raises his ceiling as far as the points that he's going to get, only in the sense that I believe the Raiders and the Commanders game, with them being blowouts, there were were some rushing touchdowns in there um, that really, you know, those points didn't go to Josh Allen. I think he hits those projections. And I, this this is a good matchup because I think both sides really do have good matchups to to lean on, especially their best players, Nick with Devontae Adams, Trey with Josh Allen and Tyreek. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Trey's team. For some reason, I think he'll he'll start four zero. I'm surprised. Um, you know, two quarterbacks, two defenses. I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if that extra bench spot was for an extra kicker. <laughs> you got me there. That was a good one. I. Uh... Man, I'm also going to take Trey's team. I uh, I have reservations about about Debo. I know Debo still put up 19 against the Rams when uh, Ayuk was in there, but I still have reservations about it. Um, man, I honestly, I, this has got to be the highest scoring matchup of the week. It's got to you know, be like I'm one. switching my pick. I'm switching. I'm switching. I'm looking right now. I'm going to switch. I think Devontae Adams scores 25 to 30. I think Devontae Smith has 20. I think Tony P has 20. Give me Nick's team. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking uh I'm taking notorious. Jacoby Myers is a sneaky pick. Um, I think this is a game where I do I definitely think Casey takes a stranglehold in this game. Pacheco falls in for a touchdown. I think the balance is there a little bit more. I got more questions about run runners. Um I think it's going to uh, Luke Musgraves tight end is going to be the the thing that's kicking rum runners as he's looking at his first L of the fantasy football year.
Welcome back to another week of Baki's Bets. Blake, do you have my record, or do I need to think about it on the fly right now? Uh, you are four and two heading into this weekend. You placed four bets. You went two for well, two for two. Two and two. So you are Point six two, and two. four. Yep, six and four on the year. That is sixty percent for all you math majors at home. Uh, the bets that won last week, I believe it was the Browns and the Titans. I gave you guys the under. I knew that number, even though I said, watch out, it's a little low. It was about around 38 and a half, 39. That game, 27 to 3. Ugly game on the Titans' end. Uh, I think the Browns have a very, very good defense. Um, and I just liked the way they played. And I think the, t- the Titans have a good run defense, which they kept Jerome Ford and uh, Pierre Strong at bay. Both combined for 40 yards. However, Deshaun Watson had a good game in the air with Amari Cooper scoring a touchdown. But it wasn't enough to cross that over, which was a winner on my end. Browns, Titans under. A little early there, my bad. I'll jump the gun. Uh, Then we went to some of the later games in the day. Now I'll say this. I just struggled last week with finding some other games. Um... But you I really like you four picks, but you struggled. Makes no sense. I struggled. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's just wait for your underdog of the week, and you can talk about that. Um, I struggled to find a second pick, and I kind of just went with the Raiders. Wasn't necessarily loving it. We picked the Steelers in another pool that we do on another um, website. Didn't win that one. That's okay. Steelers easily beat the Raiders 23-18. to 18. Um, Another loser. Actually, let's go to the winner first, and then we'll end on a, sou- a somber note. But one of the winners of the weekend, the Chiefs against the Bears. I know the Chiefs' defense this year is much better. Chiefs getting back on track with their offense. The Bears are a dumpster fire. The game was 41-0 to zero going into the fourth. Chiefs easily covered that 12.5. Last but not least, this game was hard to watch. Blake declared it over in the first quarter. I was right. Um, and technically he was right. Um, but we're positive vibes only mm-hmm. on this podcast. Cardinals beating the Cowboys 28-16. to Cowboys never had a chance to cover the spread at minus 12. Uh, Josh Dobbs. James Conner, Marquise Brown showing up for the Cardinals, easily covering that spread of minus 12 and a half. But let's get into week four as we are looking to get back um, in the winning column. I have another week of four picks. These This week, however, I do know what I'm going to pick. And we're going to start out with one of those teams I picked last week for the under. I watched that Monday night game, Bengals-Rams don't think the Rams have that great an offense, but the Bengals still struggle. Joe Burrow is still looking banged up. The one thing that I know Joe Burrow and that Cleveland, or sorry, that Cincinnati offense kind of relies on at times is Joe Mixon. They're going up against a good run defense and the Tennessee Titans. And I think the number of 41 is a little high. So I'm going to go back to the well with the Titans and take the under. I hate the Titans offense. I don't think they're good at all. And I think Cincy has a good defense that can carry them on the road. Watch for this game to be in the 30s, pretty much 
in the fourth quarter, and I do think that's going to pit under 41. I am then going to the Rams and the Colts. This game is played inside. I think the Rams come back out on fire. They score this week um, with ease. Blake talked about it earlier in our matchups. The Colts have statistically one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I do think the Colts move the ball pretty efficiently. I think Anthony Richardson's going to have some time, um, especially garbage time, to perhaps put up some points. And I think this goes over 46 points. Now we're looking at two games later on in the day, one being the Patriots and the Cowboys. I think both of these teams have good defenses. Cowboys, I think, at home are going to show that they, you know, last week was a complete fluke. Patriots, I'm not really sold on their offense. Um, and then if we flip the teams over, Patriots defense, I think they played the Jets pretty well last week, of course, you know, having to go up against Zach Wilson. But I think they're going to carry a little bit of that momentum in Dallas. And I am not sold on Dallas's red zone offense. If you look at the stats, Kellen Moore, who was the offensive coordinator there last year, was a top five red zone offense. They are now a bottom 10 red zone offense. So look for the Cowboys to score field goals instead of touchdowns. So I will take the under 43 and a half. Last but not least, I'm going to ride the Chiefs until they don't cover. Now they are on the road against the Jets, but that Chiefs defense swarms. That Chiefs defense plays hard. And I think Kansas City is going to score on the Jets, specifically Travis Kelsey, one of the worst tight end defenses in the league when it comes to um, fantasy points. So I think Travis Kelsey has a big game um, and it doesn't ha- uh, hurt, as I said prior, Taylor Swift in the audience. She is going to cover. She's going to carry the Chiefs to the finish line. Minus eight and a half Chiefs cover. I gave you guys a, honestly, I still think a solid bet as my underdog pick the week, taking the Saints. I believe we lost that bet off an injury, but we're not making excuses. We move right along because we're betting underdogs, so we don't win them every week. But I think I have a winner this week. I have the Houston Texans going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're getting two and a half. They're at home. It's kind of simple. I, I'm kind of buying into the Houston's offense, and I am not buying into Pittsburgh's offense. I would know. I suffer through it watching my boy Najee Harris keep running into walls. That is the defensive line for the other team. I think this may be a game where if Houston can uh, get some points on the board early and maybe push the tempo in terms of uh, forcing Pittsburgh to come back, I don't think Pittsburgh's offense can do it. Um I'm looking at CJ Stroud. I'm looking at Nico Collins. I'm looking at uh, my boy Tank Dell, former boy. I don't like him anymore, especially not this week. But Houston gets out to an early lead. Uh, They'll be able to keep that offense going, which I think they will against this Pittsburgh team. Um, Just got to stay away from Mika Fitzpatrick. But they definitely have guys that they can move the offense to. I just don't see Pittsburgh keeping up. I'm going to take that two two and a half. What am I on the money line? Jake, do you know? Uh, usually two and a half is around plus one twenty-five, plus one thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the exact number. For well, whatever it is, it's plus. It's plus. Uh, oh, I got it right here. I got plus one thirty-five. Take it. Take it and run. Take it to the bank. You'll be seeing my slip on the Instagram Northside Story underscore FF this weekend. 